Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to read today out of the book of Acts, chapter 20. And there's two things I really want to focus on today, and I believe we'll um, help you here. But uh, it's Acts 20, verse 1. It says, And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. Then after he had gone through those districts and had warned and consoled and urged and encouraged the brethren with much discourse, he came to Greece. The King James says, and when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. When I was reading this, it caught my attention that whatever, the only thing it says Paul did in that area was give them much exhortation. So as a minister of the gospel, you know, I've started to pay attention to these things. What was their methodology? What was, what was, what was their what were they doing when they were traveling to a new city? All it says is one word, is he gave them much exhortation. The Amplified was the first um, version that I read, and it, it, it breaks it down into four words. But that word exhortation is actually very interesting. It's got, um, it's got two tenses. Among other things, it's got two tenses. It's got a past tense, and it's got a future tense. So I believe this will help you because the Lord's a, God's a God of comfort, and he's a God of encouragement. The word exhort means to build up. It means to encourage. And so he went to these churches to build them up, to encourage them. But the word exhortation, first of all, means comfort for trials that you're going through or have gone through. You know what the Holy Spirit endeavors to do is to comfort us in all of our tribulation. There's things we go through as Christians that non-believers don't go through. You know, the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's things that we go through. And I'm not trying to say, you know, woe is us, oh, life's so hard as a Christian. I'm saying that there's a stand that we make. You know, it's easy to just drift off in sin in one regard. It's easy just to kind of go with the flow of, of life. And, you know, there's salmon swim upstream, but most uh, most fish don't. And so as a Christian, you're living a life of swimming upstream against culture, you know, where you have people who, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you go to a, uh, what kind of church? You speak in tongues? What is that? You wait, you just walk up and tell other people about Jesus? You just push your religion on other people? So people will, you know, people look at the average born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire Christian's life, they're going to say, what are you doing? It's it's abnormal to them, right? That you run to, to spend time with the Lord. Oh, I'm going to an all-night prayer meeting, right? These things. But it's the word exhortation means comfort for trials you're going through or or trials you've been through, things of the past. You know, there's, I believe, coming a greater persecution than the American church has known, where if you're deciding, you have to really be decided what, you're, what you believe and what you're going to stand up for. I would encourage you, and this is something that I wish someone had really, and maybe, I, you know, someone, people did preach on this and I just didn't have the ears to hear it, but decide that if you're ever put in a situation where people are speaking up against Jesus against Christianity against Christians that you go out of your way to speak up for Christians that you don't just sit by silently and let people talk that you actually stand up and say hey I'm one of those Christians and just so you know serving Jesus is the best you know you stand up and and speak up you can be silent but as a Christian you're called to stand up for what you believe in so that the exhortation is there to encourage you that as you've gone through things the Lord uses that that the testing of your faith produces patience, that as you go through things and as the kingdom of God costs you more, it becomes more worthwhile to you. So there's there's encouragement. Hey, some of you have been through difficult things. Some of you, you have family that don't agree with what you're doing with your life and serving Christ. They don't agree. You know, you've said, oh, I've got to call a call of God on my life. I want to go into the ministry. And they don't agree. No, you need to get a stable job. 
And there's persecutions that come. So there's comfort. So Paul went into these cities to comfort the believers. And then the next part of it, the the future tense, is an urging or a beseeching about the future. If you read Paul's epistles, you get a a feeling, and really all the, the apostles, you get a feeling for what sort of urging they do. You know, almost every epistle has kind of a similar layout in that there's a a breakdown of doctrine. Like if you read Ephesians, they talk about a doctrine. We're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We were dead in sins. Christ has quickened us. And then you get towards the the middle and the back of the letter, and then there's an encouragement on how to live. If you read Romans, it's the same thing, talking about how we pass from death to life. Sin, death entered because of sin. Sin entered because of Adam, you know, but we now we're not bondage to sin. And then you get to Romans 12, and it says, make a decisive dedication of your members. Let you be renewed by the transform, let your mind be transformed, by, let your life be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, what holy lives we should live in, in light of all these things. So there's an urging and an exhortation on how to live right for the Lord. You know, we must always keep before our eyes that Jesus is coming back soon. And even if he tarries and he doesn't come back in our lifetime, which I don't think will happen, I believe he is coming back in our lifetime. But even if he doesn't, that life is short. And there's people who've said, well, you know, I'm young. I don't have to take it so serious. I don't have to be so extreme. You can't be too extreme. You go wholeheartedly for the gospel. Anyone else who's not going wholeheartedly is being blinded. People who are trying to just, oh, I'm just trying to have a normal life, a regular life. What is normal? Normal, for for me, what I read in the Bible, normal is laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover, serving God, getting persecuted, winning the lost. That's the book of Acts is normal for Christians. So yeah, I'm trying to live a normal Christian life according to the Bible. I'm, I'm trying to forgive everyone. I'm trying to walk in love. I'm trying to uh, I'm laying hands on the sick. I'm casting out devils. I'm raising the dead. That's normal for Christians. That may not be normal for the year 2020, but that's normal for Christianity. And so it's an encouragement. It's an urging on to stay the course. It's an urging to don't, don't be found wanting on that day. So this was what Paul did. There was an exhortation. So the Amplified says he went to these different, he'd gone through these districts, these districts and had warned. There's warning. Hey, there's a time coming. I'm warning you. There's people that are going to come. They're going to come and they're going to try to come in among your ranks and they're trying to get, they're going to try to bring division. They're going to bring false doctrine. And he consoled them. He, you know, I know you've gone through a difficult time. They've some of these cities, they had spoiled their goods, right? I know you're being persecuted. And he urged them, Hey, I'm urging you stay the course, live a life for God. And then he encouraged them with much discourse. He encouraged them, hey, stay the course. It's going to be worth it. You know, serving God is the greatest calling on planet earth, choosing to give up worldly pleasures to serve the living God. And he encouraged people. And then it goes through and it goes down and you can read the rest of the chapter. I encourage you to. And then it says um, in verse 18, And when they arrived, he said to them, you yourselves are well acquainted with my manner of living among you from the first day that I set foot in the province of Asia and how I continue afterward. And then he says, serving Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and way to the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly from house and from house to house. And then he goes down, he says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. 
I love this. Verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my, but that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Man, what a speech. Imagine that. You know, the, the, the man of God that you got born, the, that you got born again under, and you're a small church in a region. He comes to you and just says, just so you know, I'm headed to Jerusalem. But I want you to know, you'll never see my face again. You know, it, at the end of this, they fell on his neck and cried, you know, but uh, you'll never see my face. But he says this, verse 26, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. The Amplified says, therefore I testify and protest to you on this our parting day that I am clean and innocent and not responsible for the blood of any of you. And this is why, man, what a statement. Another translation says, if any of you are lost from this point out, I'm, I'm innocent of you being lost. Why? For I never shrank or kept back or fell short from declaring to you the whole purpose and plan and counsel of God. Man, what a statement and what a responsibility as ministers. You know, as a, as a minister, you're, you're responsible at a greater level because there are preachers out there now who do not preach the full counsel of the word. You know, there's preachers out there who've decided, you know, I'm only going to, yes, the gospel is good news, but you preach the full counsel of the word. A preacher who preaches, you know, only that God is good and there's mercy and doesn't preach, you have to stop sinning. You know, homosexuality is a sin. Alcoholism is a sin. You preach the full counsel of the word, even things that, that pastors and teachers and preachers sometimes believe is elective. Well, you know, I don't really preach on finances because I don't want to offend anybody. Paul said, if it's beneficial, I didn't hold it back. I found the preaching and teaching on giving and receiving in seed time and harvest to be very beneficial. I'm glad that pastors and doctors Rodney and Donica have not kept it back. But Pastors and teachers and preachers will be held responsible for what they kept back. You know, I don't really like to talk about, you know, politics. And people put a lot in the category of politics. Well, I don't really like to talk about politics because it's not really my place. I just stick with the Bible. You know, it's part of the place of the, of the preacher to, to bring up things that are happening in the culture and, and talk, about, talk about it from a Bible standpoint. You know, in, in a lot of these cities, there was, there was idol worship. And so he would say, keep yourself from idols. Don't eat the food offered unto idols. Hey, there's, there's all this terrible things going on in, in, these, um, in these pagan temples. Have no part of it. Have no part of the filthiness, filthiness of that. And so I saw, you know, I was online the other day and someone said, uh, 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 I guess he was a Christian leader, posted and said, you cannot, and said something that very similar to what I said, you can't in good conscience vote for Joe Biden because he's he's sponsored he gets the endorsement of planned parenthood and he's actually spoken on their behalf and whereas Trump spoke at a pro life rally he said a christian cannot in good conscience and then this person said i'm asking you as a christian leader to not use your platform to talk about politics and talk about these things you know the the truth is it's it's the Christian leader's responsibilities to point out things and say there are things that you can, you may just think it's, it fits in the category of politics. And I'm not saying you have to go put a, a Donald Trump shirt on and walk around town with a sign and a hat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're, if you're a preacher, it's your responsibility to look and say, hey, you know, it may be socially acceptable in the year 2020 to, to, and even in Christian circles to live with your 
boyfriend to girlfriend, to sleep with your boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, it's just, you know, we're, we didn't have intercourse. It was just a little bit of, the, you know, it may be okay, ex, socially acceptable to drink here and there. It's the responsibility of the leader to give the full counsel of the word, to warn people. You're heading down this path. You're heading for a path of destruction. You're heading down this path. You're heading down the wrong path. If you, if you are willing to, to, to nod in the direction of abortion now, that's something that Proverbs 6 says, the shedding of innocent blood, hands that shed innocent blood, is an abomination to God. And so I'm not saying you have to get online and post, but as a leader, it's your job to bring up as a, as a preacher, as a teacher, to preach the full counsel of the word. What do you see in life that you can look and say, hey, that's not, there's, Christians don't belong in bars. Christians don't belong with, uh, in, the, in liquor stores. Christians don't belong in vape stores. Christians don't belong. You can go down the list. But many people, oh, you know, that's, I don't want to pre, that's, you know, I just want to talk about the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, but people need to know. People need to know. People need to know that if they don't forgive, God won't forgive them. People need to know. And so there's a responsibility. And I love Paul. If, anyone, if anyone's lost from here on out, I'm guilty because I haven't held anything back. Read Paul's letters. Read his encouragement. Read Peter's letters. Hey, what holy lives we should be living in light of all these things. Cleanse your hand, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Be holy, as the word says, be holy as I am holy. You preach the word. You hold up the word of life to people. You can't be a, someone who picks and chooses the convenient things to preach. Well, I'm not going to preach against the certain things because it offends people. No, you, preachers don't have that right to not be, to be willing. to. Your preaching is the gospel's offensive. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whether you believe in God or not, you have sinned and come short of God's glory. The wages of sin is death. If you don't accept Jesus, there's a hell waiting, and it's not made for you. God loves you. There's a, there's a balance of both. And so when you speak to people, you say, I'm not a preacher. Well, you know, we're all ministers of reconciliation. And so make a decision that God, there's people, and I'm not saying in your, you know, there's a gospel sowing script that they came up with to just avoid arguments. So I'm, use the gospel sowing script. But when it, there's people who the Lord will, get, will use you to warn them. There's, there's believers who are headed in a wrong path, in a backsliding path, and, and you're there, and the Lord will put you there to warn them. Hey, I see what's happening, and I don't, I'm going to risk offending you to pull you out of sin and of this, this deception that you found yourself in. So exhortation, urging, encouraging, warning, comforting and then preaching the full counsel of God's Word. Man, I love the Word of God. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.